I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. Hello and welcome to the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to visit futureself.com where you can get the one-page Future Self checklist as well as the full Future Self course and other amazing goodies. All of these are free at futureself.com. All you have to do is put your email in. You'll get an email with a bunch of amazing goodies, the one-page Future Self checklist, the full Future Self course, which will change your life, and other things such as the Peak State checklist and my ebook Slipstream Time Hacking, futureself.com. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. According to Cal Newport, focus is the number one skill of the 21st century. Deep work is what he calls it, being able to focus on one thing for a long period of time, being able to get into a flow state, being able to accomplish more and more and more. We have all of this amazing technology to be able to produce better and easier results, but the problem is, is that same technology is incredibly addictive. And so most people are focused for less and less periods of time. And in this video, I'm gonna break down the science of how you can actually create flow and focus very easily and accomplish a lot more in a lot less time because you don't need more time. Actually, being focused has a lot to do with being in a flow state and being in a flow state has a lot to do with recovery. So it's actually about working less, but working on better things, focusing on one outcome at a time rather than 10 outcomes at a time. So let me first start with a few psychological principles. The first one is called selective attention. Selective attention is an idea in psychology that says that whatever you focus on expands. You can only focus on one thing at a time, but also your brain looks for the things that it's excited about. Your brain looks for things that matter to it. So for example, if you're driving on the road, you probably notice other people who drive the same car as you. Your brain's focused on what, what's relevant. And so you can train your brain to focus on what you want by having clear goals, by writing about your goals, by being public about your goals, and then by actively focusing on people who are where you want to be. That's one of the key principles of high performance is knowing where you want to be and regularly looking at that and then making that a part of your identity. Your identity is who you are and how you see yourself. And that has a lot to do with your view of your own future. So you can train your brain to focus on whatever it is you want to see. And one way to know what you, your own focus is, is what do you see? What are the things that pop up in your newsfeed? What are the things you pay attention to? That has a lot to do with how you've trained your brain. Your mind is like a garden and you plant seeds in it all the time. And those seeds either grow fruit or weeds or things like that. But you want to cultivate that garden, which is something you do through meditation, through journaling, and through prayer, and also then through planting the specific types of seeds you want. So selective attention is whatever you focus on expands and you can train that focus through journaling, through repetition, through speaking. And so that, that's the first key of focus, is what is it you actually want to focus on? What is it you want to drive your brain towards? What are the outcomes you want to accomplish? Who is your future self? The next concept is called strategic ignorance. Strategic ignorance is the idea that you don't want to be informed about everything. A lot of people have FOMO these days, and they want to be informed about everything. They want to know what's on the news. They want to know what's on people's social media feed. The truth is, is that you want to be ignorant of almost everything, because almost everything is a distraction. As Greg McEwen said in the book, Essentialism, you cannot overestimate the unimportance of practically everything. Almost everything is a distraction. You don't need to be informed about most things. In fact, if you have clear goals and if you have clear values and if you actually have a life, you want to become informed on less and less. You need to obviously be informed on things that really matter, 
but there's so many things you're aware of that you probably shouldn't be an expert at. A lot of people are experts at things like sports, celebrities, this, that. What are you an expert at that's ultimately not driving your future self? What are you an expert at that's ultimately a waste of time? You might be an expert, for example, at what your high school friends are doing because you spend so much time on social media. So what are the things you should be ignorant of that you just don't even need to enter your brain? There's a great quote from Zig Ziglar, the famous speaker, and he said, your input determines your outlook and your outlook determines your performance. And so whatever you're letting into your brain, that's shaping you. Garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you let in literally shapes your brain. It shapes your desires. It shapes your interests. And so there's a lot of things you want to be ignorant of. You definitely want to be ignorant of notifications. That's a key aspect of flow and focus is creating an environment where flow is organic, where flow just happens. And so you want to shape your environment. There's a quote from Marshall Goldsmith. Marshall Goldsmith said, if you do not create and control your environment, your environment will create and control you. So one of those things is obviously removing things that hit your conscious attention that you shouldn't be aware of, at least right now. Having rules on technology, keeping your smartphone on airplane mode for longer periods of time, especially during focus times. If you want to focus, let's just say for 60 to 90 minutes at a time, your phone should probably be away from your body. It should be on airplane mode so you're not getting notifications. And you should probably have rules for when your phone is not on airplane mode and when you're going to use it. You definitely should not use your phone for notifications and things like that during the first 90 minutes of your day. Your brain is at an optimal state for creativity, for decision-making, and for learning first thing in the morning. And if you're looking at your phone and plugging in a notification, then you're wiring your brain for scatteredness. But if you wake up, you're slow, you meditate, you pray, you journal about what you're trying to accomplish, and then you take needed action on the number one thing you're trying to accomplish that day, then if you get into a state of actually being used to being focused, being used to being flow, and you actually knock something out significant during the first 60 to 90 minutes of your day, then you've already created a more balanced, more slow, more focused approach to your day. Less frenetic. Most people, they wake up and they're letting so many ping pong balls enter their brain. They're also opening themselves up to other people's agendas. When you first wake up and if you open your email or if you open your social media, you actually are like walking into a casino. You don't know what you're actually looking at. You're you're going into an environment where you're expecting to be ping-ponged around. You don't know what's going to be in the newsfeed. You don't know what's going to capture your attention. You don't know where you're going to get stuck on a video for five to ten minutes. So you're literally putting yourself into an environment where you don't know what the outcome's going to be, and you're just playing as the ping-pong ball. That's not how you create focus, and if you use that as your habit, then that's how you're going to be for the rest of your day. But if you wake up and move slow, keep your brain moving slow, meditate, reflect, journal, and be purposeful about one key outcome, there's a quote that says most people overestimate what they can do in a day, but underestimate what they can do in a year. Most people are trying to accomplish so much in one day. They have like 10 or 15 items on their to-do list and they're trying to knock out all sorts of stuff. And when you do that, you're moving 20 different directions in a single day. If, for example, you had a key outcome that you were trying to accomplish and you focused on the one most important thing, and if you knock that out, then you would make more progress over a year. You can make huge progress over a year or over five years, over a decade, if you're taking the right actions, if you're taking the most focused core actions moving forward, the problem is, is that most people are trying to do too much at once and they're moving in no directions at all. There's a very powerful quote from Robert Brault. Robert Brault said, we're kept from our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to lesser goals. That's how most people live their life. They're not moving towards their goal because they have too many clear paths to lesser goals. They're trying to do too many competing things at once. And because they're scattered, they're not experiencing flow. They're not experiencing focus. They're looking at their phone. They're looking at their email. They're trying to do this. They're trying to do that. 
Instead, you want to have less things. That's why strategic ignorance is so powerful. But in order to actually apply strategic ignorance, you need to have values. You need to have beliefs. And you need to have goals. What actually matters to you and what doesn't matter to you? You can't define things as unimportant if you don't have things that are truly important to you. But if you then define what's important, if you define what you value, how you want to spend your time, what's worth investing in, if you've defined your future, then you can create an environment that shields you from almost everything else. You can then create an environment and create rules where you're not letting so many things push you off course. There's another powerful concept that comes from physics that will help you learn how to focus better. It's called the totalitarian principle. And according to the totalitarian principle, anything that is not forbidden becomes compulsory. What that means is if you don't create rules to stop something from happening, it will happen. If you don't have rules for your phone or for your social media, then you're going to act compulsory. You're going to act out of impulse or out of reaction. You're not going to actually be smart. You're not going to be intentional. Instead, the world's going to be happening to you. You're going to be reactive to your environment rather than creating your environment and proactively acting. So one of the ways to apply the totalitarian principles, first define what you want, define the change you're trying to make, and then create an environment that supports that. Me, for example, one of the things that I'm trying to do is have my phone on my body less when I'm at home with my wife and my five kids. And so that's one of the things that I've actually told them is that that's my goal. And I've created an environment of accountability so that my kids actually call me out when I'm not applying it. And so a key aspect of applying the totalitarian principle or making any change you want is to define that change and then become public about that change and ask your environment to support you on that change because it's something you really want to do. You want to make that thing forbidden or at least forbidden during certain periods of time. And you want the environment to also believe that that thing is forbidden to you. In my case, when I'm home after two or three o'clock in the day, I want to be fully present with my wife and kids. And so I've told them that that's my goal and that's what I want them to hold me accountable to. It is forbidden for me to have my phone on my person when I get home for certain hours. Another problem that most people have when it comes to focus is that they actually try to work for way too long. It's like exercising for five hours a day. You don't need that much. Most people are actually overworking themselves and not recovering enough. Instead, you only want to focus on like three to five really good hours a day, and then you want to step back. And if you become results focused, Dan Sullivan, actually, he's the founder of Strategic Coach and the number one entrepreneurial coach in the world. He says there are two economies. There is the results economy, which is the economy that focuses on getting the desired result in the most effective way. And then there is the time and effort economy, which is where most people are at. And their economy thinks that you're being successful if you're putting a lot of time and effort into something. It's not about how much time and effort it takes. It's about getting the result as effectively as possible. And usually if you can set your environment up, if you know the one thing that will create the biggest result, if you're clear on your goals, clear on your values, and if you've created an environment that keeps you from distraction, then three to five hours of work a day is really probably all you need if you're producing massive results, if you're in flow, if you're not getting binged and tinged from all of the notifications. There's actually research that shows that if you're pulled from flow, it usually takes you about 20 to 30 minutes to get back into flow. So every time you get a notification, every time you get pulled from your focus, it takes you time to get back into the depths of flow where high performance is. So that's why you want to block things out and really focus for 60 to 90 minutes because as you go deeper into flow, you get better and better performance. It becomes more subconscious. It becomes more powerful. The problem is, is that most people never actually get to that level because their environment's intruding on them, because they're not clear on what they want, and because they're not applying strategic ignorance. They're certainly not applying the totalitarian principle. So don't go for too many things and don't work yourself to death. Don't work too long. Instead, focus on performance, focus on results, not time and effort, and then give yourself ample time for recovery and rest. The final principle is recovery. There's a lot of research on the concept. 
of psychological detachment from work. And the idea that unless you fully detach yourself so that you can recover, you can't actually get yourself into a flow state. You can't absorb yourself and get back into full absorption unless you fully detach. And so you need to give yourself plenty of time for recovery, plenty of time for hobbies, plenty of time for relationships. Full And full detachment means not only are you away from work, but your mind is away from it. Look at your phone like a magnet. If you're close to it or any form of distraction, if you're close to it, you're like the metal. It will suck you in. No willpower will allow a piece of metal to not get sucked into a magnet. In order for the magnet to have no power over the metal, the metal needs to be far away from the magnet. If it's far away, the magnet has no power. That's how willpower works. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And so you need to remove work, remove technology, remove food sometimes, even fasting. Remove certain things so that you can fully recover, fully enjoy the other aspects of your life. And if you give yourself time for more recovery, first off, you'll come into work just like a workout. If you recover, it's actually while you're recovering from a fitness standpoint that your body grows and gets strong. It's while you're recovering that your brain is actually creating all sorts of incredible connections and your subconscious is actually tying it together. Then you'll have way more to put into your work when you go into it. You'll have way more to work with. You'll have way more energy. You'll be way more clear and you'll do it from a focused flow-based standpoint. Then you get results, you focus for a few hours, and then you recover. And while you're recovering, you're actually growing immensely. And this is how you create results. This is how you can accomplish more over a day than most people do in a week because most people are trying to accomplish too much. They're being pulled in too many directions. 90% of the time is spent distracted. They're never getting into a flow state. Their sleep isn't good because they're not actively recovering. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to go to futureself.com, put your email in, and get immediate access to all the goodies. The one-page Future Self cheat sheet, which I recommend you print and put somewhere close by so that you can reference it. The full Future Self course and other goodies, such as my Peak State Checklist, which has been downloaded almost a million times, and my ebook, Slipstream Time Hacking. Go to futureself.com, get those free goodies, and until next time, be your future self now. Talk to you soon.